We're listening to a brand new album by the Spanish Harlem Orchestra. The band leader is here with us today, Oscar Hernandez. He is one of the busiest musicians in Latin music, in addition to his five Grammy-winning, two Grammy-winning, uh, there were many more nominations for it. As a leader and arranger for the Spanish Harlem Orchestra, he's written music for documentaries, arranged music for Paul Simon musical The Cape Band, tons of movies and TV credits as well. Um, Oscar has worked, arranged, and played piano with everybody. With Celia Cruz, Julio Iglesias, Willie Colon, Juan Luis Guerra, Ray Barreto, Eddie Torres, Paul Simon. And uh, not to mention working with Gloria Estefan, big Broadway show called On Your Feet. So it, your credits are way too long to go into, but welcome to KCRW, Oscar <laughs> Hernandez. Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, thank you to you and KCRW who does, you know, who do such a great job with all the stuff that you guys play, uh, you know, from educating people to issues and certainly, you know, with the music. You do an amazing job. Thank you. Well, congratulations. This is the called Anniversary. It celebrates 15 years of Spanish Harlem Orchestra. I can imagine a lot of easier jobs than holding together a 13-piece band. Well, it can be trying for sure, and uh, it it has its uh, difficult aspects to it. I mean, nowadays, I do most of the booking of the travel. So the book 13 airline tickets, I can't even tell you how difficult that's become in today's day and age, and, and prices jumping around, like, it becomes a blur, and, and uh, it's very taxing, but... Nevertheless, it's a labor of love because, I mean, I'm really that passionate about the music and about our place in the music and what we're trying to do and what we represent and the history that we represent and that I represent personally. So for me, it's just part of the job, and I'm happy to do it. But the the great thing about the Spanish Harlem Orchestra, there are no big tropical Latin orchestras anymore. As far as I know, there might be some in Europe that I don't know about, and maybe Holland or something like that, but there are very few. Well, there's there's a lot of bands, orchestras and bands that uh, that still are, that are still around and, and uh, working on, on different levels for sure. Spanish Harlem Orchestra, though, is unique because we have our own concept and our own sound, and people understand uh, those people who are, you know... Uh, I guess, knowledgeable of who we are. Uh, we have a stamp that uh, runs across our six uh, productions that we feel really proud of. And it comes, you know, as I always tell people it comes, uh, it's music that comes from a, from a place, a time, and uh, it has a history and it has a legacy and uh, an important one. And I'm proud to represent what that is. I always say we represent the best of Latino culture through our music. And uh, I feel really strongly about that. Let's listen to the first track of the album. Uh, yeah, Marco's our vocalist and George is our percussionist. And nine of the tracks on the CD are original songs uh, written by us, you know, the guys in the band, my, myself included. So proud to have that happening as well. This is one of the tracks that most people considered the most commercial track of the record. So, uh, but nevertheless, it still has oomph behind it and... Uh, you can feel the power of the band, for sure. Well, I thought it was the perfect track to start out the album, and I also saw the dance floors <laughs> moving out there when they hear this track immedi- immediately. So, Without a doubt. You picked it right, then. 
Oscar Hernandez, who's the band leader of the Spanish Harlem Orchestra, is here today. We're celebrating anniversary. The new album celebrates 15 years of this great band being together. I'm Tom Schnabel. This is Rhythm Planet. Let's uh, let's hear some more music. Esenina.
first track off the brand new album by the Spanish Island Orchestra. Anniversary is the name. It celebrates 15 years of this 13-piece band being together called Esa Nina. Oscar Hernandez, the, the band leader, pianist, arranger, den mother, is with us today here on Rhythm Planet. I want to tell you that, you know, my admiration for you goes back 30 years when you were the basically the arranger and pretty much music director for Reuben Blades. And a particular album, I love all his albums, but my favorite is Buscando America. And you did the arrangement for the beautiful song about the altar boy and the and the and, and the priest who were murdered in and El Salvador. Father Antonio, yeah, I, I I've gotten so much incredible feedback over the years and throughout the course of many countries uh, that we've been able to visit and and people who've been influenced. I ran into this guy in New York from Argentina, and he was like, "Oh man, I can't tell you what I'm so honored to meet you," because at one time. That cassette of that CD went through every musician in Argentina, <laughs> learning about the music, and, and everybody was blown away. And I was going like, wow, really? He says, yeah, man, that's how we learned about the music, and everybody passed along. They would tape it and record it. And so, I mean, it's it's par for the course for me for a lot of stuff that I've done years ago that I'm proud of, and that certainly is one of them for sure. But this track, as well as Buscando America, I mean, this album was released during the Iran-Contra with, with Reagan, and then look what was happening in El Salvador at the time, in, in, in Nicaragua at the time, in Argentina at the mm-hmm. time, in even Brazil at the time. I mean, hor- horrible things. It is, it, and it, you know, I have to say, with the current situation in the White House, it still is very, very timely, Buscando America. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's very true and sad to say uh, that I agree with you, and it shouldn't be that way. You figure that in 30 years or 40 years we would progress to a different place, and maybe in some respects we have, but in other respects we're still way far behind, and when you see stuff that's happening politically, you just scratch your head, you go, and how could that be? But... Uh, you know, I think when if people realize that it's not all about money, you know, there are other things that are more important. Uh, I, you know, it'll, it'll come to a head as to where we need to be. Let's start at the beginning. You were born and raised in Spanish Harlem. I was born and raised in the South Bronx, which is oh. 15, 20 minutes <laughs> from Spanish Harlem, depending on how far, you, how fast you drive. But Spanish Harlem, uh, for me, uh, was an imp- first of all, was an important place uh, for the development of Latino culture in the city of New York, dating back to the 40s when you know Latinos emigrated to New York City. That's where they emigrated to, uh, for the most part. Other places as well, such as the Bronx, Brooklyn, places in Brooklyn. But for sure, um, Spanish Harlem was uh, a, an important place culturally because you found all the music, you found everything regarding the culture, the social clubs, the social places where people hang uh, would hang out, uh, the food in terms of restaurants, the food in terms of markets that were there. So I used to go there once or twice a week, or, or even more sometimes, depending on you know what was happening, to shop or to social events or family events. And certainly it was, uh, it spearheaded, the music cultural revolution that was happening in New York when I grew up in the in the sixties and seventies. I heard that sometimes you know you'd hear music you know late at night coming off the rooftops, and I, in fact I think late in the evening the Paul Simon song that you did with the orchestra is a little bit about that kind of feeling. 
Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it was, I always say it was the music that I heard from every other window or every other door where I grew up. And I, you know, there's very much uh, a lot of truth to that because you would hear the music er everywhere. And I would, you know, literally for me, see my older brothers and sisters getting ready on Friday and Saturday and getting dressed up and, and having the music in the background because they were going to go out and dance and party and, and socialize. And for me, that's when I first caught the bug. You know, I remember uh, just to pick out one song, Eddie Palmieri's Azúcar, Pati, which was like an eight-minute song of just pure descalga heaven. Uh, that was some of the stuff we were listening to. And, uh, and I, I mean, I could cite so many other songs that were part of those days. But certainly it, uh, it's what captured my attention as a young musician and, and uh, catapulted me to, into the scene and, and starting to, to play professionally when I was 17 and 18 and starting to travel and play with all the great people that I got to play with. And for me, that was, that was my university. I mean, subsequently, I went and got a degree the city university of new york but it was nothing compared to the this the education i got playing with a lot of incredible musicians at a young age and uh, and just following their example so you started playing piano obviously early this is before you became an arranger right i was playing i started playing trumpet when i was 12 and then i remember the teacher said oh this kid's going to be good um but I was having problems with the physical aspect of the trumpet, and he, and he says, why don't you just switch the saxophone or the, trump, or the piano? And lo and behold, I always say divine intervention because, uh, you know, I feel strongly that there's certain things that happened in my life that I can't explain. Uh, so uh, somebody gave us a piano because we didn't, you know, I come from a family of 11, you know, in the South Bronx. We were poor. We certainly couldn't afford to buy a piano, and there were no keyboards back in those days. So... Um, so that's how it happened for me, and I got to you know start doodling on the piano before you know it. I was playing with local you know young m local musicians, and and uh, from there it went on to starting to play with some of the bands that were playing professionally. And and little by little, before you know it, I was on my way at eighteen playing with Ismael Miranda and La Revelación, who was one of the most popular bands of those days, and uh, we were playing five and six and seven days a week in New York City. So that was my training ground. It's called No Sleep. Uh, just about. <laughs> Let's listen to another track. We're speaking with Oscar Hernandez. He is the leader of uh, the Spanish Harlem Orchestra. The new album is called Anniversary, 15 Years of Keeping This Beautiful Band Together. Let's hear something called Ideja. What, 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 what is that referred to? This is a Ruben, then this is a Ruben Blades w song. Well, actually, uh, I, I need to clarify, it was a mistake on the record. Oh, I no. thought Ruben had composed it, but Ruben made it famous back in the day because he, he recorded it on a record with Willie Colon as a samba. And uh, that's where I first heard it, and I assumed that he had uh, composed it. But it was composed by Giraldo Piloto and Alberto Vera, who were Cuban musicians, uh, well-known in their own right. And it's a love song, basically. And in this case, as we do with you know songs that are not ours, we make them a whole new, brand new suit, and uh, like a tailor, and uh, we 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 convert them to our own concept and our own uh, style of music. It's called Ideja, and it features the voice of uh, Jeremy Bosch, who's uh, one of the young, talented uh, vocalists uh, that people are going to be hearing a lot from. Now you do all the arrangements for the horns and the saxes and everything, or but what? 
On this one, I did the arrangement. I, I, I do about 60% of the arrangements, but there's a few other guys who are friends of mine and colleagues who are great arrangers, and I'm happy to have them as part of my team. One person uh, that I've had, unfortunately, he just passed away at 83, but he's been part of all our recordings. Is a gentleman named Gil Lopez, who's just a phenomenal, he was Tito Puente's piano player, uh, also Ray Barreto's piano player, and, and one of the great arrangers, uh, Musicians who go back in the day just know him as uh, top of the heap. You know, he had his funga, finger on the pulse of the music, you know, uh, firm. And uh, for me, I, I developed an association with him as a friend and colleague and happy to have him as part of everything we've done so far. Um, but, yeah, in this case, this is my arrangement, Ideja. Como tuyos son los míos, si míos son los tuyos, como tuyos son los míos. Amores del barrio. Ahí nada más. 
te quiera Encontrarás de mil maneras todas las cosas que tu corazón ha buscado from the brand new album by Spanish Harlem Orchestra, Anniversary, Oscar Hernandez, the band leader, is with us today here at Rhythm Planet. You know, you, other musicians esteem you because you're a really good piano player, but musicians, as far as I know, um, esteem an arranger even more because you're doing a whole, a whole orchestra, the orchestra is your instrument, as Duke Elling used to say, and that's what you're doing. Well, you're giving a sound to uh, an ensemble of musicians, which is more than one person. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. For me, uh, it's always a challenge when I get a song. And, and my position now as band leader, the first challenge is to choose a song. So I'll, I'll come up, you know, it's, it's a time-consuming thing. It doesn't happen in a week or a month. It's, sometimes it's a three- or four-month process to come up with the songs. And in this case, I'll reach out to the guys in the band who composed and said, hey, send me what you got. And then I'll also go over some stuff and I'll discuss uh, stuff by people I trust in terms like, in this case, for instance, uh, I wanted to do an up-tempo uh, ballad, salsa romantica style, but obviously our style, you know, not, I mean, that a tinge of that. And I chose um, the song um, La Media Vuelta, which is a classic bolero from the great Mexican composer Jose Alfredo Jimenez. And for me, uh, and it's a classic song. So for me to take that song, and I remember having this discussion with Marco, my singer, said, what do you think? He says, man, I think that would be a great idea. Let's do it. And then obviously I had the three singers sing in harmony uh, like they did back in the day. And... Uh, it's a it's a great idea for me, you know. It turned out to be a great idea because the end result and and the feedback I've gotten, people in Mexico were ecstatic. We were uh, performing in Mexico about three months ago, when the record was about to come out, and we performed it, and people were just blown away. So, but yeah, it's always as an arranger. Getting back to your original point, it's always a challenge to then take the song 
and now arrange it for the band and make it swing. Because, you know, for me, if it doesn't swing, like Duke Ellington would say, uh, it doesn't have, it's not, you know, it's, it's not even worth doing. So it's about the swing and the essence of the music coming through in the, in the, in the arrangement. And, and that's the challenge as an arranger. So in terms of your writing and your arranger, do you, uh, is it pen to paper or are there certain, uh, uh, you know, it used to be pen to paper no more it's 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 uh it's a uh, computer now uh basically so i would sit in front of my computer and i open up my program my software program and mm-hmm. i start off with uh when i do a song that i'm arranging i i sketch out the melody exactly in terms of rhythmically how i want it and then i go from there once the melody is sketched out then it's kind of easy for me to fill it in. You know, it's like a puzzle. You're filling it in, filling in, in the spots. And uh, there's no rhyme or reason as to how to do it. In, I mean, um, sometimes it happens in different ways, different shapes and different forms. Sometimes I'll start in the middle. Sometimes I'll start in the beginning. So uh, I'll, I'll start uh, three quarters or I'll get an idea for something. But usually the inspiration comes from the melody of the song. And I think any good arranger will tell you that. Is there a favorite time of the day that you compose that uh, the the muse sits on your shoulder and Yeah, I think early morning for me. I yeah. I, I I try to get up early morning. Uh, I'm an early riser, and uh, I sometimes I'm sitting there at six o'clock in the morning, even crazy. Sometimes if I can't sleep, I'll I'll, I'll get up at four thirty five five o'clock in the morning and sit and you know open the, open my uh, software and and uh, and once I have an idea. Then I'm off and running. It everything just come flows from there. I let every I try to let everything flow organically for me, uh, and and that's proves to be a you know a working thing. Well, for why me. don't we hear this bolero? It's la, la media vuelta. What is what does that mean? La media vuelta is uh, the half turn. Uh, basically, uh, he's it's kind of a love song, but uh, uh, telling the woman, well, if you don't love me, you know, I'm out. You know, uh, it's it has a beautiful message and. And people who know that style of music, uh, they know the song. Cause a lot of people know La Media Vuelta. It's, it's, a, it's an old classic bolero known by a lot of people in Latin music. And in this case, what makes it unique here is our rendition of it, our interpretation, my arrangement, and, uh, and the fact that uh, the way the musicians and the three vocalists interpret it as well. Okay, Oscar Hernandez, Spanish Harlem Orchestra, with us today here on Rhythm Planet.
Media Vuelta from Oscar Hernandez. So I, I wanted to keep that old classic uh, trio style vocal uh, happening, you know, obviously in this case made up tempo uh, with a classic song, and I think we achieved a, a pretty cool thing. And the vocal harmonies are beautiful. Did you write them out? Or you, yeah, you know? I wrote them out, but the guys are so good. They, you know, they, they, they can do it on their own if, if, you know, I could say, hey, just come up with a three part harmony, and they'll, they'll, you know, the guys I use, they're excellent. But I always have it written out just as, you know to sketch it out and we'll tweak it once we once we go over it we're listening to anniversary it's a brand new album by spanish harlem orchestra i guess this is your fifth or sixth six this is our sixth cd six. and wow what can i tell you i'm really proud of uh you know what we've been able to accomplish in those 15 years uh people uh understand the band to be one of the best bands of our genre i say it's one of the best bands of any kind of music period you know and we're fortunate to play a lot of the great festivals all over the world, 
the great uh, performing art centers and uh, played to a lot of great audiences um, because of that, because of the caliber of the band and, and the reputation we have of, of being the best at what we do. And it's something I don't take lightly. I'm, I'm very, you know, uh, very, you know, much driven, you know, to keep the music on the pedestal I feel it merits to be on. I, I ran into uh, a, a busy percussionist who had done a lot of work with a lot of different bands and then a lot of the TV shows, a guy named Kevin Ricard. Oh, man. I ran, in, I ran into him yesterday, and we were talking about Spanish Harlem Orchestra because I told him you were coming into the station. So he says hi, but he just went, oh, my God, this band. I mean, there's like nothing like it anymore, and on and on and on, and it was it was wonderful. Yeah, I, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool when you get that reaction. I I just use there's a great percussionist here also named Joey De Leon, who's a, a really great friend of mine. He's from New York, but he's been here for twenty something years. But I just used him because uh, we were playing out uh, in San Francisco, and my percussionist couldn't make it. So he gave me the biggest compliment. He says, "Man, uh, you know, send me the music because he had to study it and and send me. You know, I said I gave him the record, and he just said, "Wow." Wow, it's amazing, man. That might be your best record yet. I said, well, I don't know about that. But, I mean, it's a, he says the music is just phenomenal, man. You should be really proud. And, you know, coming, you can tell the genuineness of, of you know, how he was uh, affected by the music, which is pretty cool. Oscar Hernandez, Spanish Harlem Orchestra, with us today here on Rhythm Planet. Well, you know, musicians, there are a lot of good musicians, obviously, and, and, and they're great, but the musicians, as I said, esteem arrangers. Arrangers are like the gods of music, and I want to ask you about a few. Sure. Um, let's start with Tito Puente. Oh, Tito Puente is, uh, I mean, so important to the history of our music because he took what was given to him in the 50s as a young musician and developed his own style you know, uh, the music that he was listening to. And when he formed his own band, he was able to put that in back. You know, we talked about pen to paper, or pencil to paper, which is the way it was done. Uh, he came out with a very unique classic sound and, uh, you know, went on to influence all the people that came after him and, and who he was surrounded with. So we all honor Tito as the king uh, and for good reason. Great arranger. You know, I love the story that, and he was drafted in World War II, and he went aboard the USS Santee, and he went or cruised around the Pacific, and uh, he he led the band, and apparently he led the band in sort of a beginning in sort of a a Charlie Spivak style. Um, I don't know quite what that means, but obviously putting in a a, a Latin Latin twist in, into it, and they and he wanted to get off the boat. But the captain wouldn't let him off the boat because he loved the band so much. And Tito Puente sailed into Tokyo Bay for the peace treaty with uh, Douglas MacArthur and the Japanese. Wow. He was still on the boat. They wouldn't <laughs> let him off the boat because they liked his music so much. And only after the war did he get to sail back and start his career in New York City. That's amazing. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. And, that, and they wouldn't let him off the boat. Yeah, I could, I could understand why. I mean, the music was so, you know, hot. What about Gil Evans? Does he fit in? Yeah, Gil Evans is one of the great jazz arrangers. I mean, to this day, uh, he's mostly known for, the you know, what he did with Miles Sketches of Spain and, and all those records, you know, that uh, put him on a unique pedestal as an arranger because... He, uh, again, had his own unique uh, voice as an arranger, the way he used the instruments, um, unlike anybody else, 
in those days. And um, I think he, um, I guess, probably stretched the boundaries, so to speak, of what jazz and harmonies were in terms of orchestration. So, um, and for somebody who doesn't know and they want to hear what I'm talking about, just go back and listen to Miles Davis' Sketches of Spain, for one, for sure. The interesting thing about Gill that I love, too, is that he used tubas and French horns. And, I mean, those instruments are so wonderful. And sometimes he'd throw in a harp and, oh, my God. It Without was a doubt, so he, that's the way he stretched the boundaries of the music, for sure, using instruments that w- people weren't accustomed to and uh, uh, and using him, using them for his own uh, style. Mm-hmm. What about, did you follow Claire Fisher's work? Without a doubt. Claire Fisher, the maestro, passed away a few years ago here in L.A., and I got to see him at the end of his career. I went to see a couple of concerts because I was a fan of his style. As a pianist, uh, he had his own unique style and very, very much uh, super progressive harmonically, one of the most progressive harmonic innovators of of music in general and certainly of Latin jazz. What about two two other guys I want to mention? Marty Page is one of my fa- favorites, as well as, of course, Nelson Riddle is probably the most famous guy. But I love Marty Page as well. Did he ever figure Marty Page is, is uh, not as familiar with him. Uh, I know he's got a reputation of being one of the great arrangers. But Nelson for Riddle, yeah, for yes, without a doubt. But Nelson Riddle, I mean, you know, the stuff that he did with Sinatra alone, if he did nothing else... Mm-hmm was just I- incredible. And uh, I know um, his taste more than anything, the way he personalized things, you know, with the, the instruments of the band and the way he accompanied the singers, incredible arranger, no doubt. You've traveled all over the world with this band. Yeah, I mean, we've gone to Russia, Australia, Israel, Hong Kong, you know, Indonesia, uh, on and on, just about every country in Europe, I'm proud to say. And uh, we're still here traveling the States. We're currently going to Seattle tomorrow to do four dates, and then we do six different cities in Canada, uh, a couple of which I've not been to. So I'm looking forward to playing, I think, in Saskatchewan for the first time, Ottawa for the first time, uh, Edmonton. We've been to Montreal before. We've been to Vancouver. Uh, Victoria, I've never been to, so I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah, Adam Clayton Powell, who was the congressman from Harlem, started jazz diplomacy in sending Duke Ellington and, and uh, Quincy Jones all over the world during the Cold War to say, well, music brings everybody together. Um, I'm wondering, in your travels, is there a particular concert that you did in, I don't know, Russia or some some faraway place that stands out and is memorable? Well, I mean, there's so many. The one that comes to mind immediately was we did Canada Day at the Montreal Jazz Festival when the band first came out. And uh, I never forget that the promoter took me uh, the day before. They they flew the band in the day before, and he took me to where we were going to perform. And he's showing me around. He says, see this? Look. Look, take a look. This whole area is going to be full with people, and and I was like, I didn't really understand it, but there were a hundred and fifty thousand people there at our performance. And the next day, when I got on that stage and I just looked at the sea of people, I was like, holy! <laughs> I was blown away. So for that, uh, it was amazing, you know. And I've done, I mean, like on and on. We played the Sydney Opera House in Australia with Spanish Harlem Orchestra. We played Carnegie Hall. We played Chicago Symphony Hall. We've played 
Um, there's a venue in Austria, which is one of the most amazing concert halls I've ever been to, and I can't remember the name right now. But just to be in that type of setting with our music, oh, man, I can't even tell you how you know blessed I feel. Is it different playing for dancers than it is for a seated audience? Yeah, I think <laughs> for me, I love dancers, on, and I grew up, don't forget that I grew up you know, playing dances. And it was about the dancers, but da dancers back there, back in those days, had a different appreciation for the music that sometimes the dancers today don't have. And uh, I prefer to play sit down audience, sit down audiences, because I feel that sometimes dance trivializes the art form of the music. And uh, I understand that people want to get up and dance. Sometimes we're playing performing art centers, and people say, "Man, but I can't dance." And I say, "Well." Use the opportunity to really appreciate the musicianship, the chemistry that you're going to hear coming from that stage between the singers and the horn section, the horn section and the rhythm section, the rhythm section and the singers, and the overall sound of a great ensemble. So it's a different nuance for sure, but I, I, I prefer sit-down audiences for that reason. I sometimes think that da some dancers, a lot, probably a lot of dancers can be tone deaf. They just want a rhythm and they want to get out and dance and they don't That's really true. care whether it's you or some schlocky band or, or they, any, or they anything. Prefer, worse yet, they prefer a DJ as opposed to a live band. Oh, Imagine no, that. that. That's there's, sad. There's that too. Well, we're coming to an end and now we have to, the difficult decision um, on wh what to play uh, next. Why don't we just listen to, uh, to, to Gozel Ritmo? This is your song. That's my composition and it features me on the piano. It also features uh, Jeremy Bosch on the flute and uh, proud of it. It's a really in-the-pocket dance. You're talking about dancers. It doesn't get better than this as far as in-the-pocket dance groove. So enjoy it. But before we go, again, thank you, Tom and uh KCRW, bravo. Thank you for having me and uh, letting me share a little bit of my music and, and uh, my time with you guys uh, and all the listeners. Uh, it's a pleasure, brother. Well, it's a pleasure to have you in here, and congratulations on all your, your hard work and your success in keeping this big band together. Yeah, and people, man, uh, please support live music, support the music in general. It's it's very important, especially music that's made on the level that we're trying to make it. You know, it's really top-notch uh, music with a lot of integrity and and support anybody who does that, not, not only us. But in this case, Spanish Harlem Orchestra, anniversary, you can find it anywhere. Okay, Oscar Hernandez, Spanish Harlem Orchestra, with us today here on Rhythm Planet. <laughs>
puedes contenerte Bailarás al son de mi We're listening to the Spanish Harlem Orchestra. Our guest has been Oscar Hernandez, who leads the band. Uh, Anniversary is the name of it. The band has been together 15 years. That's what this record is all about. Goza el Ritmo, Oscar Hernandez composition. That's going to do it for this Rhythm Planet this week. Big thanks to Mario Diaz, who is our editor. Thanks to Ariana Morgenstern, uh, who is uh, executive producer. I'm Tom Schnabel. We'll be back next week with another program here at KCRW.com's Rhythm Planet. (laughs) 